Our relationship with money is only as strong as our relationship with ourselves and our ability to handle uncomfortable emotions. Start healing that relationship in this episode. Hi, I'm Dina Cataldo, a master coach and ex-criminal prosecutor. I created Be A Better Lawyer podcast for driven lawyers like you who want more from life than sitting behind a desk. You've been playing by other people's rules. Those rules have left you overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and feeling like a hamster on a wheel. I've been there. I was doing everything people told me to do to be successful, working late nights, weekends, and trying to make everyone happy. So why wasn't I happy? And I wanted more in life. When was I going to find time to find and pursue that? Well, I did, and I'm sharing with you my secrets to living a happier and more fulfilling life. This podcast gives you a lifetime of wisdom, mindset principles, and bedrock strategies to give you unshakable confidence, more time to pursue your goals, a powerful sense of purpose to uplevel your life in law practice, and so much more. These are things we were never taught in law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Healing my relationship with money and by extension myself is some of the most powerful and uncomfortable personal development work I have done and am still doing. It's allowed me to make decisions about my life, like deciding to leave the law to develop a full-time coaching practice. It's allowed me to think through and strategize my move to Sedona coming up in the next several months. It's allowed me to problem solve in my business to create more financial resources. In my personal assessment of my relationship with money, and I'll talk more about our money relationships in a minute, I'm not yet a master, but I've definitely come to a point where I see my work, where my work is, and can help my clients with their money mindset to help them get the clarity they need to make better decisions for themselves and their practices. I've done several episodes on my history with money and some insights that you might find useful If you want a list of them, you can download the Be A Better Lawyer treasure map I created that breaks down the best of episodes at dinacataldo.com forward slash map. That's dinacataldo.com forward slash M-A-P. I've also listed some in the show notes for you. What I want to do in this episode is help shine a light on your personal money relationship and help you evaluate the health status of that relationship. I've noticed that many of the lawyers that I talk to have a great ability to make money, but that that money isn't harnessed in a way that makes financial sense. For instance, they won't want to make financial goals because they feel pressure when they even think about it. So they don't even want to set expansion goals in their practice. They may spend without thinking about the repercussions, like giving large bonuses to staff because it it feels good in the moment, or thinking without looking at whether they have financial reserves. They may make snap decisions to take money out of their business account to get something that they want in their personal life instead of looking at the numbers to see if it's wise to take an owner's draw that month. They'll make emotional decisions about whether they invest to spend their money without looking at the numbers to see the facts of their situation. They don't really have financial priorities because they've never thought about their values and what's most important to them, both short-term and long-term. 
And I've been guilty of some of these myself, but it's important to know that if you recognize yourself in any of these examples that I just gave you, it's not because you are inherently bad with money or that you're bad with math. I know that a lot of us say those things, and I think our society tends to support those beliefs, especially when it comes to lawyers. There's all these jokes around like, well, I became a lawyer because I'm not good with math. But I'm going to encourage you to totally give up all of those stories we've been fed. People don't do these things because they are inherently bad with money or inherently bad at math. In fact, there's no such thing as being inherently bad at anything. They are doing these things because their brain has a mindset, just like a computer has a program. And that puts data in. And when you put data in, you get results out. So for example, if I were to watch a horror movie, right, you're putting a program into your brain. You can expect that after you watch that horror movie, you're going to feel scared. You may feel creeped out. Even after you watch the movie, you might feel on edge, especially if you watch it late at night and you go to bed with that program fresh in your head. You might feel a little anxious. Maybe you're even a little paranoid. There's nothing wrong with you. You've just spent two hours thinking thoughts that were scary. If you were to watch a romantic comedy, on the other hand, it's it's a similar experience. You can expect that after watching it, you're going to feel lighthearted and you might have some unrealistic expectations about how your partner should be behaving in your relationship. Money mindset is the same way. It's all about the thoughts that are coming in our head and what's going to happen after we have those thoughts. Our thoughts about money and how we relate to money, how are we think about our capabilities with money, those, those make up our mindset. If we have certain thoughts in our brain, we can expect certain results to come out of the actions that we take. So here's two versions of a mindset program about your romantic partner, for instance, to bring this program slash mindset into the relationship realm. Because all of us have a relationship with money and we want to start viewing our relationship through that lens. So in version one, if you're thinking loving thoughts about your partner, you're going to feel really good. And then you're going to be kind. You'll be loving towards them. You'll trust them. You'll be open with them. And you'll create the result of being a loving partner in that relationship. In version two, if you're thinking how your partner should be different and that they should be pulling more weight, you're going to feel annoyed. And then you won't be so kind or loving towards them. In fact, you'll probably give them the silent treatment or make passive aggressive remarks to them. You'll avoid having a conversation with them about what's going on with you and how you're feeling. You might snap at them and then you will be creating the result of you not being a loving partner in that relationship. Notice that the results are always about you because we can only take personal responsibility of how we show up. We can't change others, and that would be called manipulation, and we just don't teach that on this podcast. So these two separate programs that I just talked to, to you about in version one and version two of this romantic partnership, well, they're going to lead to two separate results. Because guess who's going to have a better relationship with more open communication? Version one program or version two program? Well, obviously version one. Just like we have a relationship with people, we have a relationship with money. And we've got to look at the program that we have around money. 
So in fact, we actually have relationships with everything around us. We have relationships with nature, our bodies, our work environment, our home. And the quality of each relationship that we have is determined by what we think of the partner in that relationship. Let me repeat that. The quality of our relationships is determined by the quality of the thoughts that we have about the partner in the relationship. This is really important. So if you've kind of started multitasking, come back to me. What we think about money is the program determining the quality of our relationship with money. But how do we go from having version two relationship thoughts where we're stuck in our head, just playing them over and over again, to version one thoughts when it comes to our relationship with money? Well, version two is our current reality, and we can't deny it. That's what's going on in our head. We don't want to deny it. In fact, when we think about it, it feels true. It could feel like the only reality that's available to us in that moment. But during this episode, I want to offer to you that just like you can heal a relationship with a human being, you can heal a relationship with money. So first, we've got to do one thing. We've got to take a closer look at version two. What is our current relationship with money? And when I'm talking to lawyers, there's different programs that I hear, different thoughts that come up that I see most often when they're thinking about money. I'm going to go through these with you, and I want you to be listening for which ones you resonate with, which ones are you hearing most often in your head. Because this awareness is going to help you. Every time you notice you're having these thoughts, you can say, ah, yes, that's the program, the old program that's been running in my head. And that's not something I need to keep, but I just know that that's where I am right now without any judgment. So here are those thoughts that I hear most often. I'm a mess with money. I should be better at this by now. I'm so disorganized. I should be making more money. Doing the money stuff is hard. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have time to think about money. It's going to take a long time to figure out my finances. I don't know where to start to clean up my finances. This is a big job. It shouldn't be so hard. I should have done this sooner. I don't need to think about this right now. So these programs create self-doubt, fear, shame, anxiety, pressure, overwhelm, and more feelings that feel horrible. Remember the horror movie analogy? After you watch a horror movie, you're going to have horror movies, horror movie emotions like fear, et cetera, running through your body because you have that program. You had it running through your head for two hours. Well, when you watch a horror movie, those feelings dissipate because you're not always thinking about that movie. You can shake them off. In fact, you know it's a movie, so it's a lot easier to shake them off. But when you constantly think about money, which in the society we live in is really all of the time, the feelings stick to you like gum at the bottom of your shoe, unless you stop, pause, and clean it up. So anytime you think about money, which is when you go to the grocery store, buy something online, pay a bill, bill a client, decide to invest or not to invest in different accounts, donate money give a bonus. These feelings, these thoughts can pop up and prevent you from making the best decision for yourself and the future of your practice. And that's why we need to pay attention to these because we often react to these thoughts. 
instead of making calm, conscious decisions, like having a conversation that may feel uncomfortable or sitting down and looking at the numbers, that's the equivalent of that conversation. We shut down or we give our friend money, the silent treatment. Because if we sit down with our budget to look at the numbers before making those decisions, we could feel something we don't like. And it's so fascinating, right, that our brain does this. In its strange way, our brain protects us from harm. In this case, a feeling that we may or may not have when we look at the numbers. Our brain is predicting, oh my gosh, she might feel shame. She might feel disappointment. She might feel pressured. She might feel overwhelmed if we look at the numbers. So we'll just distract her. We'll do something different. We won't sit down. Instead, we'll just make a rash decision. So it's important just to notice these things and not to judge them. If we stop being scared of our feelings and just begin feeling them and noticing them, then we can begin overcoming this default setting, this default programming running in our head. And that is when we can create better habits around money. So if you're having any of these thoughts or any of these feelings I've been bringing up, know that it is normal. You are normal and it's okay. You can create a better relationship with money. It takes paying attention to these thoughts and feelings and acknowledging them instead of ignoring them. Just like creating a better relationship with your partner requires the exact same things. Next, let's talk about what your current relationship status with money looks like based on the program we just talked about. When we're healing our relationship with money, we are also healing the relationship that we have with ourselves. And it sounds kind of funny, right? It sounds interesting that we would be talking about healing ourselves when we're talking about money. But I can honestly say that the work that I'm doing with my finances is very healing. Changing this relationship with money takes time and attention. We can't ignore ourselves. We can't ignore how we feel. We can't ignore what we're thinking. We can't ignore what's going on in the reality of our finances if we want that relationship with money to improve. If you hit a rocky patch in a relationship with your partner, you cannot build, you cannot rebuild that relationship without time and attention. And you definitely cannot heal that relationship by bringing up the old worries and the old fears instead of forgiving yourself and the other partner in the relationship for the past. You've got to think about this in terms of the relationship you have with yourself and all the things you may have done or not done with money in the past. Our relationship with money is no different than any other relationship. So if right now you notice yourself doing any of the following I'm about to tell you. All that is happening right now is that you're working from the old programming that we just talked about. Before I get into this list of things that you might be doing around money, I want to emphasize the importance of not beating yourself up for any of these things. They are just indicators that you're working from old programming. And it's really important not to beat yourself up because that blocks us from being able to change. So now you're going to have the awareness that you need so that you can see what your relationship with money is creating. Here we go. Hiding from looking at your finances, you will do absolutely anything except sit down and look at the numbers. Beating yourself up for not starting a budget sooner or learning about finances sooner. Spending more money than you're making. Not planning for expenses. Buying things that you quickly discard or realize you don't need or want. 
not budgeting at all, not looking at your bank, bank accounts weekly or monthly, constantly worrying about money, not tracking expenses, not reviewing expenses monthly to see if there's anything that needs to be addressed, like subscriptions that you may not use anymore. You abdicate all financial responsibility to an accountant or a bookkeeper and don't have any clue what the numbers are. When someone asks you to talk about something financially related, you snap at them and you wave them off so you don't have to admit that you don't know the numbers or feel uncomfortable talking about money. So to start healing that relationship with money requires us to look at our prior relationship with money and at how we have behaved in the past and to stop judging it. It's in the past. We can't move forward if we're constantly reminding ourselves of the past. So for example, our brain might tell us, I should be better at this by now. But we have to interrupt that program and start a new conversation, one where we can acknowledge what's happened in the past without letting it dictate our future. We have to say, okay, so the past is in the past. Now we just look at how can I make small changes in the direction that I want to go? What's one small step I can take right now? Or if our brain tells us doing the money stuff is hard, we have we have to come in and remind ourselves that new things always feel hard at first. We just need to do one small thing to get started and then another and then another. It's just one step at a time. So let me give you some examples of some small ways that you can get started if this is where you are right now. Just put this on your calendar. Pull out or print out your bank statements. List expenses in a spreadsheet for last month. Put an hour on the calendar once a month to track expenses and incoming revenue. Put an hour on the calendar to look at older bills that maybe haven't been sent out. Start saying no to beating yourself up for anything that has happened in the past. So anytime you notice your brain saying, oh, I should have done this sooner, say, okay, hold on, my friend. We're not doing that anymore. We're going to change direction here. I get it. You don't feel good about what you've done in the past, but we're doing things differently now. Okay. So it's okay. Just we're going to take one step at a time here. Let's do one of the things on the list that I want to accomplish. So I'm creating a money mindset bonus as part of my new course, Precision Planning for Law Firm Growth. So you will have everything you need to help you create this new conversation with yourself and beginning to change how you think about your finances there. I'll tell you more about that at the end of this episode. Third, we have got to give up the idea of perfection. This is a real big one I see with lawyers. We've got to allow ourselves to make mistakes without making it mean that we're never going to understand how to have a better relationship with money. We've got to allow ourselves to have the uncomfortable conversations. That means looking at the budget, looking at the numbers, pulling the bank st statements, talking to the accountant, talking to your partner about money and talking to ourselves about where we feel really good about where we're spending our money and where we don't feel good about where we're spending our money. And we've got to do all of those uncomfortable things. So then it will actually become easier over time. So if you think about every hard thing you've ever done from law school to, you know, whatever, Think about all the baby steps you had to take. You had to go to the first day of class. You had to get a syllabus. You had to, to start getting the books. You just had to take one step at a time so that you could then sit down and read the case law. You couldn't just start reading the case law. You had to take all the steps. So you just take one step at a time and it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to all be done at once. 
This is a matter of time and consistency and patience with yourself. That's what a relationship is too. You've got to give it time. You got to give yourself that patience, that grace, so that you can get going forward in the direction you want to go. And even if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, there is no way that this is going to get easier for me, I absolutely promise you that if you do what I'm sharing with you on this episode, it will become easier. And the good news is creating a better relationship with money does not require perfection. Think about your friends. Your best friends do not require perfection from you. They just ask that you try, right? It's up to us to look after our part in the relationship, knowing that we can be responsible only for our part. And then we need to trust money will do its part if we do our part. Finally, it's important we connect with money and appreciate it. Think about the relationship you have with your loved ones, with your partner, If they never said thank you or appreciated you for anything that you did, how would you feel? So many of us take our relationship with money for granted. And when we don't appreciate money, we also don't appreciate the things that we purchase with money, that we acquire by money, that we experience with the money that we've created. We take our life and all the things in it for granted. But when we pause to recognize how fortunate we are that we have a career that allows us to bring in the financial abundance to help us put a roof over our heads, to put healthy food on our table, to provide for our families, to help us pay for medical care and all the fun things we get to do in this lifetime, how beautiful is that? We begin seeing how money flows into our life and how it flows out too. It's an ever-flowing river. And when we appreciate money, then we can look at the numbers and remind ourselves we're also in charge of taking care of that money. That's part of a relationship too, right? Taking care of each other, of putting money aside for our future, for putting money aside for the things we want to prioritize. It's so important that we understand our values around money, what we value most, how we prioritize it. And how we spend it, is it in alignment with those priorities? And I'm going to be covering more of that in the money mindset bonus inside the program, but I wanted to help you get started here. So let's do a quick recap of what we covered and kind of dive in just a little bit here because we covered a lot of information here. Each one of us has a relationship with money and the quality of that relationship is dependent on how we think about money and our abilities to work with money. The first thing that we need to do in order to improve the quality of that relationship is to notice how we think and how we feel about money and our ability to work with that money. Then we need to stop judging ourselves for the way that we've behaved in the past and start being kinder to ourselves. Start redirecting your brain consciously to help you identify small actions to create a better relationship with money. And these small steps help us gain the confidence around money, like starting an uncomfortable conversation with a partner and having that conversation over time can build trust. But we've got to release perfectionism that can make it really different, difficult to take those small steps. Because if we expect perfection from ourselves, we are never going to get started Let it be messy. Don't let your brain tell you that what you're doing isn't enough or you should be doing more. Even if you only have 20 minutes, put that time on the calendar to connect with your finances, just to print something out to get you started. 
and be sure you are present with money and appreciating all the things it's helping you create day to day in your life. Just like you'd want to be appreciated for what you do in your relationship with your loved ones. And if after listening to this episode, you realize your money relationship is not where you want it to be, I want to encourage you to sign up for the waitlist for precision planning for law firm growth. I will be telling those who sign up on the waitlist more about the money mindset bonus and know your numbers training that I'm doing in there in the upcoming weeks. You can join the waitlist at dinacataldo.com forward slash precision planning. That's dinacataldo.com forward slash precision planning. And remember, what you want matters and the only opinion that you need to listen to is your own.